Hello, welcome to Center Saint Sister. On Center Saint Sister, we might laugh or cry, we might get angry or motivated, we might grieve or celebrate, and sometimes all of those things can happen in the very same episode. We are a community of spiritual searchers who embrace Jesus's example of making a beeline to the hurting. Whether an episode is spiritual in nature, purely educational, or just for fun, my hope is that you finish the episode feeling hopeful. I hope you hear something today that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center Saint Sister. From the book of Matthew, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshiped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you until the end of the age. That reading describes the ascension of Jesus, where he commands them to go, where he promises to be with them. I am with you always. Yes, to the end of time. I heard this from a priest. Leonardo da Vinci had started to work on a large canvas in his studio. And for a while, he worked at it, choosing the subject and planning the perspective, sketching the outline, applying the colors. And then suddenly, he stopped working on it. And he summoned one of his talented students to complete the work. The student was horrified. And he protested that he was both unworthy and completely unable to complete the great painting which his master had begun. But da Vinci smiled, silenced him, and said, Will not what I have done inspire you to do your best? Jesus spread the good news 2,000 years ago by what he said and did what he suffered. And then he commands us to keep up the good work. The message of the ascension is evangelization. In Romans 10.15, Paul says, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. To God, there is nothing more beautiful than feet that carry the good news of Jesus Christ, whether it is across the sea or across the street. And the word beautiful in Hebrew is naha, and it doesn't mean pretty or cute. It actually means befitting or becoming or perfectly appropriate. Beautiful feet bring good news because it is what they are supposed to do. And if we weren't sure about that, we can look back to the message of the ascension. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. The world needs Jesus. And Jesus' words to us, they're not a suggestion. It's not optional. If you have feet, if you are a child of God, then they are expected to bring good news. You are expected to go. This world needs the love of Jesus. They need hope and forgiveness and mercy and redemption and a God who understands. They need their shame taken and their hearts healed and their wounds bound and a reason for living and a promise and dying in a seat at his heavenly table. We cannot keep all of this love all to ourselves. We have to share it. Evangelization, it's our purpose. And I don't know many more people more passionate than my new friend, Dr. Alex Gote. He builds bridges, 
and blazes trails and shares good news wherever he goes. And God's mighty work in Jesus results in Alex working mightily. And you're going to love this enthusiastic conversation. Hello. Good morning, Alex. I am so incredibly delighted that you're here. I can't thank you enough for all of your hearty yeses in my life. (laughs) No, my Um, pleasure. Before I have you introduce yourself a little bit, I would love to tell listeners about my very first experience with you. Is that okay? Please go ahead. Okay. So, um, I had just come back from a healing retreat where I just experienced what I can only describe as this mysterious interior repair. It was, this was after kind of a long hiatus of, you know, not creating, not gathering, not leading. And at this retreat, it was like, I felt, I felt two things and I felt them very intensely. And one of them was this holy invitation to get going again, you know, to, to get creating, to get leading, to get gathering. And then the second one, I can only describe this as, as a godly compassion. I felt completely wrecked by people who were working really, really hard to get by. And mm. um, the point of all of that is that in those two, holding those two very intense feelings simultaneously, it felt urgent to me to um, gather people and nurture them. Okay. So mm. in this urgency, I started clamoring for people that could help me do this well. And I received your name as someone who could deliver a message that loved people well and wasn't too prescriptive or judgy. And (laughs) (laughs) those were, I know like those were my recommend or that those were my requirements. I wanted people to be sent off into the world with a bang in a way that allowed them to be wholly, Mm. fully themselves in a way that didn't make them feel too contained. I wanted freedom. I was after freedom. And so when I called you, I have to say that you did not necessarily get my my best foot forward because I was in this holy tornado. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know it's that holy good. tornado yeah. where you're like yeah. not getting yeah. sleep, yeah. you know? It's like yeah. you are just bombarded yeah. with um I don't know, instructions, feelings, whatever. And I called you right yeah. in the midst of that. And Alex, yeah. this I hope that this sounds like a compliment to you and not like something on me. But, um, I felt, even though I wasn't putting that forward, I felt so fully seen by you. I felt like you Mm. understood me anyway, you know, like, yeah, I was just, that's funny. You say that, like, (laughs) I would have gathered none of that in retrospect. I can understand the tornado and understand, Mm -hmm. um, Cause I know, I know uh, in, in those moments, exactly like how the Holy spirit like moves. Yeah. And so, it's like this fire, like, bro, I got to do something. Yeah, boom, I, yeah, what am I good at? Yeah. What a boom, boom, boom. I get mm-hmm, it. Like, so mm-hmm. I, I get in retrospect all that. But honestly, the way that you like you came across and everything, I was like, the reality is, is like, I think what you're feeling is what a lot of people are. Yeah. Who've yeah. Been doing this, who um, this kind of reawakening of the of um, what the Holy Spirit has inputted, right? Like, in, uh, like what St. Paul talks about, it's it's already there. But um, yeah. uh, the Holy Spirit is like, it's time, it's time. Yeah, so let's yeah. do this. 
Yeah. Well, I, I would like, that's how I yeah. experienced you firstly. And, yeah. but I would love for you to introduce yourself to listeners, however you like. But one of the things that I ask yeah. people is just by telling us a little bit about who and what you love and how you came to do the work you're doing, but you can, yeah. you take so, it away. <laughs> yeah. So, um, formally Dr. Alex Gautier, man, just call me Alex. I don't even, um, anybody who knows me knows how I feel. I don't get me wrong. I do have a lot of education, but like, that's, that's, that's one aspect of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like to kind of, so I, I grew up, um, in a multicultural home. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally have lived all over the United States as well. All over the United States as well. I would say, um, I, I went, this will I try to tell people this, especially when I'm a first time speaking places. I'm like, Look, bro, I went to four different high schools oh, wow. in three different states in one mm. year. That mm. was normal for me. I I couldn't stand it being a military brat. For those of you who don't know what a military brat is, um, like my father was in the I was I was born on a military base. Like I mm. lived on military, I lived in Germany. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I've lived all over. Um I hated it. And then not to mention, so that was like kind of an average year, not to mention spending all of my summers, um, I never stayed wherever we were at because we were going to move by the time, you know, right. we came back to yeah. school. So I would spend the time with my cousins in New York slash Houston, and I would go back and forth. Um, so how does that play into me? Oh, my father's, uh, none of my family's religious at all. Mm-hmm. Um, my father's actually atheist, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. And my mother, like, uh, I'm not going to get into stories along, but um, a lot of church hurt, so forth, yeah. not practicing the sacraments. She walked away. She had us when she was really, really young. Um, mm. My old, my oldest sister at 13. And so, um, and notice I said older. So, yeah. Well. So, yeah. So there's a lot of like stuff that was um, mm. said to us, not intentionally, right? Like, sure. um, but you grow up, like we grew up. So what I'm getting at is we grew up away from the church. I grew up in a multicultural home, but seeing see see many multicultures, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, so I had a, a um, I grew up just crazy. I didn't realize how how different I grew up until like I settled somewhere here in Houston. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah, now that right. I've been here for like twenty something years, my wife is Mexican. My wife is Mexican. Um, beautiful, just I love her to death. Um, but the beauty of marriage just made mm. me so many different things uh and spiritual direction and my relationship yeah. with Christ and counseling for that matter <laughs> yes, um <laughs> one of my masters is counseling so y'all can say whatever you want to it works um <laughs> um and saying that so just I didn't realize how 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 much I grew up outside of the church but how that has helped me shape the world and get into the topic that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, so I had an awakening of Jesus at uh, about like 21. Um, I had this deep conversion, my first conversion, and I was like sold out. Like, bro, like Jesus was everything. <laughs> is everything. Always has been. I don't make it sound like that. But it was just like, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't even know like what to call God. Like that should tell you like how far mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of the church I, I didn't even know that there was a God um, through a long story. Okay, there has to be a God. I didn't know what to call him, him or her for that matter. I was just yeah. like, Buddha, Muhammad, I don't even know. So I go on this like long journey of like looking up. I find the historical Jesus. Um, in retrospect, for those of you inside the church, uh, I just went on this own. I didn't have the words for it back then. Mm-hmm. My own like apologetic of mm-hmm. what is faith, 
what is uh which one is quote which one is right what do we call god um in his fullest revelation um and then i was a uh, protestant for man like 10 years and okay. speaking leading bible studies i was like yeah. like man it was crazy on that side but a lot of the circles that i was in they were non-denominational circles but they were very much into getting your education and going mm -hmm. to seminary and like reading early church and check this out you'll catch yeah, this i didn't know this this is the holy spirit so one of the churches that and i'm gonna i'm not gonna name them because it's a huge one a lot of people would know um and i was very involved in like iron man kind of go down the list of all that stuff uh okay so what happens is is like I, these little small things um my pastor when i was on the Protestant side he would talk about um catherine of siena um okay. john of the cross um interesting Augustine and but never say none and I, and my mind we were very much into like reading and find, so my mind is like I'm gonna read these guys um and I, you know I start finding out they're Catholic my way of dealing with it years ago was like ah you know uh that was before the true full truth came out you know Protestant mm, you know, yeah, whatever yeah so then years later I end up reading Martin Luther um Luther works it's uh the one by Roland Bainton like one of his best friends and um there was a lot of problems that I had in my mind and I even like voiced them to some of quote unquote the elders in that church and what I landed on was God was calling me to seminary Protestant world because I had already like was leading, I was already doing a bunch of stuff on that side. So I was yeah. like, oh, okay, God just, you know, he put this in inside of me because he wants me to work this out, you know, uh -huh. these theological uh -huh. questions yeah. and so forth. Yeah. So long story short, man, I, I come across some like good Catholic theology. I find out later it's freaking, bro, it's like St. John Paul II. It's uh, <laughs> Dr. Peter Kreef. I really yeah, didn't know yeah, that yeah. they were Catholic. Like, yeah, I didn't even yeah. know. I'm just but you're vibing. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, bro, this is it. This is, bro, this is, yes. Oh, snap, yeah. they're Catholic too. Uh -huh. So I find all these Catholic things. And then finally, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to just start reading some Catholicism. Because wow. how can you, how can you come out with all these like real deep, and if you, and if you're honest in the, in Protestant world, you know, you know, that whole solo script store, uh, basically you can go to scripture and it proves anything. Everybody knows in that world that we both can sit down and look at the same scripture. And as a whole, we can come up with two different interpretations. Right. So you can say whatever you want to. I know what's the title on that side. Like you can say, like, I, I remember. So what happens is, is I'm like, oh, this is a good way of interpreting the Bible. This mm -hmm. makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and slowly I start finding my way into Catholic doctrine. I, and then I'm giving you like the short, um, I start praying the rosary and that's a wrap. Like, you know how Mama Mary works, you know? Cause I find <laughs> that it's like re really biblical. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm doing the scriptural, scriptural yeah. rosary. Uh -huh. And I'm like, bro, this is legit. Like, you know, meditative prayer. Cause I was already in a circle that was like, you, you, it, it was basically Jesuit prayer, but I didn't know it was Jesuit prayer. Right. And it wasn't Catholic. The books that I was reading weren't Catholic. They were right. Protestant, but they were talking about what we would call is um, just basically like a Jesuit prayer, like sitting with it, yeah. sitting with um, St. Ignatius of Loyola and letting yes. it meditate. And I was already yes. doing that. Yeah. I was already doing that on that side. Um, so when I find the rosary, I'm like, yeah, this is another way of doing this. And so I'm just like, before I know it, I have these deep moments with Mama Mary. I come to my wife, um, and which is a whole other story. 
And I'm oh, like, wow. yeah, this baby. Was after you were married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 My baby. And I got her away from the church. Uh, she's a cradle Catholic. And mm. so, um, you know, we were active on that side 10, 11 yeah. years. We had friends. I still sure. talk to some of them to this day. Sure. And uh, so I come to her and I'm like, baby, I think we're going to have to become Catholic. Check out her response. Okay. And I was ah, like, yes. no, no. Oh! Okay. <laughs> like, I literally was like, no, you're supposed to fight with This me. is that's supposed to be dramatic. Works. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, not... and she just looks at me and she goes, um, that's home. Hmm. And I was like, you got to understand is how much my wife is like, my wife is the face of Jesus in so many different mm -hmm. ways to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I love my, like, <laughs> that woman is everything to me. So when she did that to me, I was like, dang it, we do have to become Catholic. Yeah. I become Catholic and um, it was natural to start, you know, it's faith and works on that side, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so even no matter what anybody says, it really is like, you got to do something, you stay active. So I get involved and I start seeing some needs on this side. Hmm. I didn't teach at all, like for years. I didn't speak at all. I didn't want to. I just wanted to learn the Catholic faith as much as possible. And um, I was doing and heavily involved in youth ministry on that side. Mm -hmm. So I just, it was natural for me to do it on this side. And, um, you know, after a lot of stuff, you know, like now I get to travel quite a bit. Um mm -hmm. I'm all over the places, uh, bridging gaps. Just, I tell people this is, um, to end this part is like, everybody has a perspective. And like right now, if you're watching, you have a perspective, but if you're on the outside of this window, because there's a window right here, or you're all over here, you're gonna have a different perspective. Now, here's the thing, you all see me. This person's perspective is not wrong. Your perspective is not wrong. Everybody's perspective mm -hmm. is not wrong. You all mm -hmm. see me, but what I realized I think one of the things the Holy Spirit has allowed me to kind of lean into is I, because of the way I grew up and everything, mm -hmm. I, I see the faith from a different perspective. And you may be here, you may even be, you may even be walking around, but like what you're going to get at the end of this is a different perspective of the same thing. Yeah. But looking at it and thinking about it differently, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. I so, yeah. love that, that I love th first of all, thank you for all of that. No, How my beautiful. Pleasure. Thank you. But I love no, there's pleasure. humility in in that perspective of we all are kind of seeing some the same thing from a different angle. And that yeah. has made God so expansive to me. I appreciate the humility Amen. as opposed yeah. to this is this is my perspective. And yeah. so now I'm going to tell you the definitive nature of God instead of right. I'm going to tell you how I have experienced God. Because what I hear a lot yeah. from leadership might be this is the definitive nature of God. And yeah. it, it seems to send the message that says because I'm an Im image bearer. You right. are an image Amen. bearer. We're all fellows. Absolutely. We are, I love we that are all part yeah, of this yeah. same human yeah. family, Imago Day, where I'm, I, because Amen. I'm an image bearer. But when you're teaching your perspective as though it is Amen. the only perspective, there's this quote that says, Power is telling Amen. a story of another and, and insisting that it is the definitive story. Amen. So. So if yeah, you're telling no, the story of another, that, there's a lot yeah. there, right? What we're talking about is communicating truth, right? Truth will always be truth. However, how it's communicated is going to be different. You even said something earlier. I remember the exact word that you said was in the preachers. 
Um, you were talking about um, those who preach, teach, so forth, the uh, substance, the essence, that thing, the nature, that's the word that you use, mm. the nature. Mm. The nature of the truth will never change. Mm. If, you're, if we're using Catholic theology and philosophy, what we're talking about is the accidents. In other words, how it is, how it springs forth is going to change. There's always going to be, the truth will never change. However, how it's communicated in St. Augustine's time, and I'll even just throw you another one, St. Augustine's time in Northern Africa is going to be much different yeah. than uh, St. Um, I don't know, Callistus or um, St. Peter in Rome. It's mm. totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes what we do is um, because it's so comfortable the way that we've done it or we've heard it or so forth that we're just like, okay, this is the way. Right. Now, the reality is, is like, I think what it, for myself, and I've had time to think about this is because I've realized, bro, like when you live in Savannah, Georgia for three months, and then you move to Hinesville, Georgia for another two, three months, and then you go spend the summer in New York, you don't have a, you don't have an opinion at all. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, like you literally are in a totally different culture. People talk different. There's different norms. There's different um, 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 just weather. Everything is so different. And I didn't realize growing up how much that affected me as a kid as I grew up um, in my like when I became uh, like in my early 20s. It was just like, no, no, I know because I've experienced this. But then the older I get and the more educated quote unquote experience I get um yeah. it's like no 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 let me hear what's being said at yeah. the essence it'll never change yeah. but because of who you are and what it is you've experienced it's gonna sound different mm-hmm. and what I've realized through the years is again for somebody like myself who's been around so many cultures normally and I don't and let me make sure I say this whenever we're, I'm, I'm using culture I don't mean ethnicity there's two different words for a reason, which we're going to get into in a second. Um, I'm talking about your social norm as psycho. I mean, as sociologists would use it, a social norm, right? Like the church has a social norm. It has a culture. And what we're talking about here is bridging the gaps because um, this is, I feel, um, well, you hit me I, whenever you whenever you uh, said what was this going to be about. I, I said I'm um, about evangelization. And at the core, um, I feel like that's where it is that we're all at, right? Like, what does this look like today? You know? Right. So, right. okay. So I'm going to end right there. Sorry, I could so rant right there. I, it's I it's fantastic. Sense. I love it. It's a perfect segue. Yeah. Um, right. You know, just as experienced as you are with all different kinds of people, which, by the way, we got to vibe on that in my, you Amen. know, f- first yeah. hectic, spastic phone call to you. And we realized yeah. we were yeah, from yeah. the same neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. Literally, yeah, because yeah. I was yeah. I was bragging, or yeah. s- not bragging, but celebrating yeah. that I uh, was blessed to um, be raised in a school that was very diverse and, yeah. um, and equitably diverse. Absolutely. I mean, and so yeah. Yeah, anyways, yeah. I, I was explaining how these things became, you know, th- this topic of unity uh, became to, pier- to uh, pierce my heart. And you're like, wait, where are you from? And so like, sure right, enough, of course right? we like blew, and, and grew so up literally yeah, on the yeah, same street. Like yep. I, I, I know that area, like the back Antoine, of my hand. 
as yeah. an identifier yeah. and you're like, yeah, yeah. it was, anyways, it's fantastic. Okay, yeah. but this is a perfect segue because I would imagine that all of that exposure has mm. really gifted you, Alex. And so it's not a well, surprise to me that you want to talk about evan- evangelization because I bet you're just so effective. I, yeah, well, oh, Holy Spirit is effective. I want to make sure I say that part. Praise God. <laughs> Thank like, you. Yes. Um, I'm open to uh, different ideas and 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 um, always at the end of it. In the end, like for me, if you knew my life, there was a point, um, many points, many conversions. But um, every time I always find myself saying the same exact prayer. Jesus, whatever it is you want me to do, I'll do wherever it is you want me to go. I'll go. I'm totally yours. I don't care what that looks like. I, don't, I, I genuinely don't care. Like yeah. you're you have my life. I don't care. Like <laughs> sold out. Like that's just me at the heart of it yeah what that looks like is like here we're talking about where it is that i'm at and i don't want to name it um but where it is that i work at now um it's stepping into um and they would say this in the seminary for any pastor or uh, anybody who's gone to school for youth ministry ministry they say do not change anything for you the reason why they tell you that is because it's implied that you're learning the culture of the place also you're evaluating what's needed and you should be so self-aware of what can you bring to the table and what's this going to look like five six years from now Mm -hmm. um so i think i think anybody and you could do this with anything your home um your job your school those three things of Mm self-evaluation um environment evaluation Mm -hmm. um and then knowing yourself enough to assess, hey, these are the tools that I have, what's going to fit here and what's not going to fit? Yeah. What do I need? Right. What tools yeah. can I pull on from the people that I know from and so forth? So, yeah. So let's get specific about evangelization. Yeah, yeah. So we, we know that we we're, we're commanded to do it. And as Jesus commands us to do it, it's not a suggestion. Um, it's not some good advice, but it is, it is, we are actually commanded. We are told to go. Um, so Mm -hmm. let's just, maybe we could just break down the great commission and kind of get, because isn't it, don't you think that people are really, really excited to kind of schlep that onto someone else, kind of pass that along. That's That's actually a cultural norm. Yeah, yes, that's like I'm not a cultural norm. Yeah, I yeah. don't talk well enough. People don't like me right, enough. Right, I don't right, like right. people enough. You know, right. whatever no, the barriers I, I, would, I would say if you're battling any of those things, you just need to read the Bible because that literally mm-hmm. just sounded like St. Saint, uh, Paul. Uh, don't have the tools, kind of go down the list. Right. Moses, right. just go down the list. Um, yes. So let me, let me, let me, let me, let's back up for a second. What I've realized a lot of times, especially the conversations, and I'm used, I speak mainly to teens and young adults. That's, that's like what I, and what I've realized through the years, even when I taught, uh, it was for uh, uh, high schoolers. Um, this is what I tell them. A lot of times we use big words for stuff that we already know. Mm, right? I like that. Um, I like that a lot. And then think about it for theology, because theology is a science. I, I, I love St. Thomas Aquinas, and he would outline absolutely the science. It has uh, formulas. It has uh, ends of premises, and it has premises and so forth. It has things that make it a sign, 100%. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. But for me, I speak a common language because I grew up in a home that spoke a common language. Mm-hmm. If I call my father right now, he would answer the phone like, yo, bro, what's good? That's literally how I grew up. So I was sitting with a friend of mine. He has a PhD in Thomistic philosophy one day. And I was debating about like, should I go get my doctor? Like, what, like, what should I do? And he was like, Alex, he goes, 
um, is a PhD in Thomistic philosophy. He says every answer to, to every man's deep question, even the questions that mankind doesn't even know that we have, we have in our faith. The problem is it's probably like in some Latin book or, or Hebrew <laughs> book or something. And we, as communicators of the faith, we have a responsibility. I'm going to use the big word, but I'm going to break this down. He was like, we have a responsibility to get that in the common vernacular. Okay, big word. What does that mean? Bro, break that down for the common person. Yeah. What does that mean for you and I? So evangelization. So here's, I've had, I've had many just to sit with this. What is evangelization? Well, it starts with the premise of something that I'm doing, not something that I am. Okay. Okay. This is, so this is, this is where I think a lot of us separate unintentionally because it's such a big word, right? Like, um, if I use the word metaphysics, it's going to be like, oh my gosh, what is this word? The spiritual world. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes a little, so Uh evangelization, what we're talking about is sharing the good news in its essence. Absolutely. But hold on. If it's something that I do, then that's something that like, I pick this up and I, and I give it. Okay. But hold on. If it's in me, it's going to express itself mm-hmm. because my core is this deep rooted, like infactual love that extends from every being, every, every little part of who it is that I am. Yeah. If you ever have, absolutely, if you've ever fallen in love, why is it everybody in the world knows that you're in love? Everybody, everybody. And then, especially, don't be a teenager about it. You're going to put it in your Instagram. You're going to put it in your TikTok. You're going to put the little click, blah, 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 blah. If you're married, you have this. If you, you, we exude that love. Mm-hmm evangelization at its core it's not what i'm doing it's who i'm being because Mm -hmm. of my relationship Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. god wow amen because sometimes we're like okay evangelization and i've I've been in these conversations so much oh that's good for you no i'm not telling you to go outside and and, well if you want if that's what god's calling you more power to you that's cool you know um and then we have the uh, okay, go outside and you know yell with the speakerphone cool cool if that's you so forth if that's not you okay and this is what we do is okay that's not me therefore i should speak the actions always and when necessary use words right okay cool right the saint francis some say it's not saint francis anyway that's not the point hold on hold on hold on let's be real with each other right mm-hmm. how does that look in your everyday life yeah saint john paul ii talks about the cultural life and what we what we reduce that to is talking about abortion the reality is is that's an aspect of it but the reality is is the culture of life is looking at the person and i live in houston bro like looking at the person next to you and smiling dignity even when they're even when even when they're cursing you out because i live in houston (laughs) you know let's be real you know but even acknowledging them like Mm -hmm. wait hold on hold hey i'm sorry how you doing yeah I've seen through the years of just acknowledging the human person, not from what they believe, not from what they look like, not from any of their actions. I'm acknowledging you as a Mm -hmm. fellow image bearer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is why whenever you said to me that when people, you know, whenever you heard my name, like all these things came up about me, I, you know why? Because I know what it's like as a little kid moving mm-hmm. to so many different places and not being seen. Yeah. 
And sometimes I feel like in the church, especially I'm sleeved up. I was a Marine. I'm a black belt Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, fourth degree. Um, <laughs> I'm a dude, dude. I love sports. I, yeah. I love my family. I'm in love with my wife. I wrestle with my boys. Uh, um, we're talking so awesome. last night. I punched him. Like, that's what we do. That I love yeah. my kids. To death. I meant like punch him in the arms over to punch him in the chest. We wrestle. They're older now. Okay. We All got right, you. So we relax. got you. Okay. Um, <laughs> some people are like, oh my gosh. No, like relax. It's not what oh. I mean. Oh my um, gosh, I love it but, so much. But but all of this, like, let's just use that. Like, I still teach Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Do you know, do you know how many people in if you think I'm playing, bro, go to Gracie Baja, the Woodlands. So they'll tell you how many people have came back to the church from me yeah. teaching jujitsu. Right. right. I'm Absolutely. not even talking 100%. about Jesus. Yes. yes. I'm just yes. I'm just laughing. Having yes. a good time, yes. making people feel comfortable. Yes. And those conversations, which leads to 1 Peter 3:15, always be ready to give an account for what it is that you believe when asked. Yeah. And do yeah. it in love oh, and mercy. We forget oh, that part. Thank you. We yeah. forget that. I grew up in a church whenever I was when I, not, I, I don't mean grow up, but I mean I came up in a church whenever I became Protestant. That was so embedded. I remember I went to this one seminar, first Peter, Hank Hindergraf. Those of you who know Catholic. I mean, no apologetics. He's the man in that world. I went to his seminar. It was beautiful. And he wrote in the first Peter 3.15 on, on um, my Bible. And I remember just looking at it first. And I remember sitting with it. And it's funny to me. How do you evangelize? You be Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus was so effective. Yeah. People wanted to be around him. Yes. He, he made yes. very naughty people want to be holy. Want to, <laughs> and like we forget that. We yeah. forget that. And let's keep it a buck. Sorry. Sometimes I forget where I'm at. Let's keep That's it. Okay. Let's be honest with each other. Um, keep it a buck just means like, let's be honest. Yeah. I, I, let's be I, real with each other. Yeah. He came in a culture in Bethlehem. Does anything good come from Nazareth? Mm-hmm. What does that mean in the modern yeah. terms? Right. Let's make this modern for us right here who mm-hmm. know Houston. Mm-hmm. Oh, he comes from Sharpstown? Uh-huh. He comes a from mechanic, by the way. So a carpenter yeah. from Na- from Nazareth. You are a- so hold on, hold on. A mechanic from Sharpstown? So what are we exactly? Hold on. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. So for those of you who don't know the culture, what we're talking about is a very poor area, a very area that's known to have like, you know, um just the uh the average workers, I mean the lower income workers and so forth, you know. Mm-hmm. Who, who do the jobs that nobody, quote unquote, nobody wants to do, which are good jobs by far. Um, um, and, you know, kind of be what we would call like the hood. Yeah. And then let's fast forward. Peter comes from there. And notice when Peter curses at, some say curse, curses at, whenever you read it, different dialects, I mean, different uh, translations. But she noticed them because of his vernacular. Mm-hmm. Because of his, mm-hmm. because of his, mm-hmm. his, his tongue wasn't the norm. What would mm-hmm. that look like today? Somebody who speaks slang, dare right. I say? Right. I think sometimes we forget, and I've I've been in these conversations so much. The purpose of the gospel is to bring life. I think we forget that. Mm-hmm. It's to bring life, and our world needs it. Yeah. yeah. I sit with kids, parents, who. Oh my gosh, like sometimes they're telling me and I just, I, 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 because they're crying and I'm crying because I can under, there's so much pain in this world. 
Mm-hmm. And being a saint, that's what we need today. Be saints. But what is a saint? It's recognizing what's needed and just leaning into that. Yeah. No more, no less. So I have to, I, I really think that Christians as as a whole and, you know, considering all of our poor marketing, we are behind the eight ball, right? Like, I feel like there are Amen. so many negative Christian stereotypes and so many of them Amen. are enforced by people evangelizing poorly, Amen. right? Amen. You know, they're not yeah. loving people in their jiu-jitsu class. They're not, right. um, you know, they're ignoring right the hurt and need. And so I guess my, my question for you is that a lot of our strategies, um, can communicate arrogance and it might not be our intention at all, but there's something about a lack of proximity that communicates Uh arrogance, you know? And so, um, since, since we are employing a lot of methods that I think communicate that communicate arrogance, I'm wondering instead, what is it that, that leads to transformation, but even more so, what is it that marks our success? Because I feel like our churches can get this really um, triumphal vision, you know, of, of what's of what success means, where it might look yeah. to us like growth instead uh-huh. of some other thing. What is the marker right. of good evangelization to you? Right. What does this look right. like? So it's, 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 so what we're talking about is, and, and I think these are where terms are so important, right? Like um, what we're talking about is in, in the, in, I'm going to tie some worlds together in the Protestant world. What it would say is, you know, we fill the space, we count people because people count. And then what I've heard in the Catholic world is like, no, we don't count people. You know, well, the reality is, is bringing it all together where we would say justification, the immediate um, is also need That's definitely needed. But the sanctification is also needed also in that working on our salvation with fear and trembling and so forth. For us in the Catholic world, those terms are kind of synonymous, but um, it is it does help to kind of separate because how do you measure, right? Like, um, because you could have a full room, but are they alive? Yeah, right. Um, right. And you could have 10, and I, I, I say this all the time, all the time, and this is something I learned in the Marine Corps. Um, I would much rather have a fire team, a group of four who were knew their job. I didn't have to worry about somebody behind me. I was in the infantry uh, rifleman. And when we go on patrol, I want to make sure my Marines, we're taking care of each other. We're good. We're good to go. I'd rather have a fire team than a whole who are down, who knew their job and would fight to the end than a whole company um, anywhere between like mm-hmm. 80 to 100 or so mm-hmm. of okay guys who are just there for the thing. So yeah, how do we measure right. that? I think it's all of it. It's all of yeah. it. And I think that sometimes what we do is we want to place a number on the Holy Spirit. No, let's just let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. Right. And, right. and, and be comfortable and be comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that's another thing that we, especially whenever we talk about these things, it's like, yeah, okay, maybe um, I, the only people who are coming, let's just, let's just use this. Okay. Um, three people are coming. Okay. Yes. But they're, they're on fire and so forth. Okay. Well, you light them on fire to bring somebody else in. All right. Yeah. You see, you see how this will grow because we cannot ever underestimate that Jesus took 11 disciples and literally changed the world yeah. because of that. We cannot. Calendars yes. Saved if it's I mean, of it's... God, I love the Gamaliel effect in Acts. If it's mm. of God, it will grow. It will be there. And I think that's how it is, how we measure it is not yeah. just the stance, but the growth in the yeah. conversion of discipleship. Yeah. Because filling a room is simple. Like yeah. that's, that's just good marketing. 
that just takes a little Even, charisma and a lot of confidence. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm at this point in my life. It's like, I literally, when I go places, I'm like, bro, I don't even want you to know my name. I want you to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because that's what this is about. I was just going to say, in the church, yeah. we have the fullness of it. We have the beauty of the sacraments. Do you have a relationship? And all these things, all these things that bless us, that God has given us, these mysteries, these sacraments in the Latin, yeah. are they helping you grow in your relationship with God? Because if you're not doing it, then what is the point? Right. And I get it. Like, I've been in these conversations enough, uh, and they use uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, the expert out there. It's just basically the 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 mode of the sacrament will work absolutely i'm not saying that i'm not talking about justification do they have a a, a a recognition that god is their father that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about the sanctification i'm talking about yeah. the on fireness the right. reawakening of the holy yeah. spirit okay right. sorry Go ahead. right no i i i i love that you reframed this for me, it's just not where I thought this conversation was going to go. I love that it's going this way because I do believe inherently that the way that we love others is simply acknowledging that we were loved first. And so in being loved first, it becomes an outpouring. It becomes an overflow. And so I love that you have defined something as simple as that as evangelization because I, I think that we tend to think some of our methods at least prove that we think this is true. We think that our um, transformation is what earns God's benevolence. Absolutely. When really, it is God's benevolence that causes our transformation. And so if we were loved first, and now because of that benevolence, that love, we right. are pouring love onto other people. It is right. the experience of that love that is leading people to the original Absolutely. source. And then we might see some transformation, which could be identified as what, I don't know, sin management, whatever. But the point Absolutely. is loving others wildly. I love God supremely. I love others wildly. And if that's all evangelization is, I mean, thank you yes, so much so for breaking wanna, that wanna, down. And I want to draw it to like the Catholic terminology. What we're talking about is the um, actual grace, the moment and what we're talking about a sacramental grace um, and how it grows. All of it is grace. And I wanna make sure I say this, you can read the catechism. Anybody who read the catechism, grace is free. It's a gift, it's free. Now I receive a gift and I love this gift. I, I, I want everybody to experience the gift because this gift, this gift is so dope. But this is why how evangelization takes part is if I receive this grace and I love how Thomas, St. Thomas Aquinas, he says, grace is God himself. So if I receive God, right, I, I, I'm so on fire that I want people to understand that we are a lowercase Jesus. We are mm -hmm. Jesus' hands, feet. We are Jesus' words. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't even take, I'm gonna be real with you, the biggest people who've ever and don't get me wrong, those conversations come, but the people who people who've ever evangelized to me were just mm. nice to me. Yes. Yes. We're just like, I walk in a church years ago. I'm 20 years, I'm sleeved up, big gold chain around my neck, yeah. pants hanging down. So judge how you want to. That's how I grew up. Do rag on, Puerto Rican. <laughs> I walk in and and I remember Niall with them. <laughs> Love my brother to death. He just like. <laughs> Hey brother, how's it going? Yeah. What's up, man? He just 
talk to me. Like yeah. it wasn't even. And of course, like, you, you know, after time, like, hey, man, like, break this down for me. Okay. Yes. Ooh, got you. you know, proximity, proximity. Yes. Yes. And so I want to make sure I say this. <sighs> I'm not talking about loving people and without um, truth. I want to make sure I say this because grace without truth is meaningless. But truth without grace is mean. Ah. Remember, Jesus is full of grace and truth. If you yeah. read scripture, that's literally John. Yeah. We forget this where yeah. we have the grace. Oh, it's all love. And, and you know, okay, okay. No, 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 no. It's grace and truth. Yeah. It's remember, Jesus is fully God, fully man. We forget this. Mm -hmm. The more you sit with Jesus, I feel evangelization is so much more easier. Yeah. Because agreed, agreed. I, you know, Sorry. I think about how difficult I kind of, you know, I could turn myself in knots about, and really what it came down to is that there's this table and I keep trying to figure out who to lengthen the table for or shorten the table against when the truth is just, it's not your table. Just sit down at the table and tell people how lovely it is, you know, <laughs> just make it, I, make it inviting. <laughs> and it's funny to me because, um, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking of different parishes I've gone to and so forth. I remember I was at this one parish, um, just basically, they were telling me about like uh, a lot of not a lot of people, big parish, a lot of people not coming to mass and so forth. And I met um, some of the people there, and um, all I all I implied and said, all I said and implied was, "Are you Jesus to those people?" Yeah. Like when people walk through the door, right? Yeah. The holiness of a Catholic church is going to speak for itself. Yeah. Like the all yeah. the reverence, yeah. bro, like just let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does, right? Like yeah. just yeah. do that. You be the grace. Mm. You be the face of grace. Mm. That when you walk, when somebody walks in, it's, I don't care who they are, who they look like me, talk like me, everything, and the person that doesn't look like me and talk like me, I greet them the same exact way. Yes. Glad you're here. Yeah. How you doing? Do you know that I have literally chased people down in the parking lot <laughs> i'm not playing um at some of the parishes and so forth um and and, and i just have dang it that's the whole issue. i just okay so again i'm sleeved up so forth so when i see somebody else sleeved up especially when they have yeah. their family with them i'm mm -hmm. like what's up bro you know yeah. I, I talk to everybody if you know me like I, that's just how i am um and i know my extrovert is what it is uh but i make it i literally have chased them down and just be like bro yeah. So glad you came. I see. And like yeah. to see like their faces, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. they're like, hey, man, mm -hmm. thank you. You know, yeah. I appreciate you, bro. Like you get dab yeah. them up and so forth. Like, I don't know. Like, again, I'm not saying I'm not saying this should be you. I want to make sure I say that because I am an extrovert. Right, right, right. But however, to whom much is given, much is required, as Jesus tells mm -hmm. his apostles. Mm -hmm. Everybody has different gifts, right? This That's is right. where Ephesians That's 2 right. comes in. We are God's workmanship, right? That word, poema, uh, is poema in Greek. We are God's poem. We're all art now. But also, finish that verse. It also created to do good works. So evangelization is going to be different for everybody. That's right. For the introvert, introvert, introvert computer engineer, it's going to be very different than right. me who's standing yes. on stage. And yes. It's going to be totally yes. different. Yes. But in the end, it's going to exuberate your love and your relationship Amen. with Christ. 
and Amen. seeing the other person as a fellow image bearer, not as a sinner, not as a different ethnicity, not as a different socioeconomic background, right. not as somebody different, but that's my brother. Mm -hmm. That's my sister. Mm -hmm. I promise you, I, you think I, I'm, I've seen it. I've experienced it and I've done it. When you just look at people, people want, look at today's society. I was just looking at statistics. One in three adults, adults are talking about mental health and that they need some type of, uh, they have anxiety, depression. One in three adults. Yes. Now, poor kids, kids are yeah. even worse. Yeah. They just want to be seen. Mm -hmm. And 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 I get it. Like, again, I'm an extrovert. And, and, and I, I keep saying that because I don't want people to say, how I do it is how you should be doing it. No, sit with Jesus. Yeah. Where are you over? What are you, what are you lording, right? Like, like with priest, prophet, king, what are you kingship? What are you lordship over? Right? What has God blessed you with your family? Do they know you about your love for Jesus? Yeah. Right? Let's be real. Let's keep let's yeah. keep it a buck, as we would say. Do does your spouse know that you love and you're sold out for Jesus? Do your kids? That's where you start. That's why Mother Teresa says, you want to, you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Yeah. Because when you do that, what happens is it sets little, 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 little evangelizers off. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think we have a tendency to think that holy, holiness is drudgery. An enemy would love us to believe that, right? Instead of 100%. holiness being freedom. And so if I'm going to serve or if I'm going to evangelize, great. That means I need to, you know, sleep on the red dirt of africa in a tent right. with no mosquito net or whatever right, and right. really it's just as simple as what is the thing there is something that you can do that makes you come alive what is that thing it might be taking a picture it might be baking a cake it might be holding a baby it might be solving a problem it might be leading a meeting i don't know what your thing is but there is something that you do really well and when you do it you know that there is more to this life whatever that thing is Love people with it. Invite God Amen. into that space. Amen. Love people with it and just see what he does. You know, Amen. I mean, Luther hit or miss, whatever. But he does have Amen. this quote that's like, you know, the shoemaker says, you know, so am I now I'm a Christian. Am I supposed to make these shoes with little crosses on them? And he's, no, just make really good no. shoes. <laughs> Perfect shoe. Okay, so let me go back to that. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I literally was doing a, I was doing a Bible study. Uh, I was doing a st word study on the word holy. And this hit me. Uh, I was doing it last night and this morning. This hit me. Holiness. There's two ways of translating holiness. Greek. The Greek way is perfection. Mm. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect. The Hebrew word is set apart and walking with God in your imperfection. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a big yeah. difference. Yeah. There's a big difference. Wow. And I think for me, even the, a lot of the college that I've had and, and, and just the theologians I've been blessed to kind of, um, um, read and so forth, they would have taken the, the Hebrew way more than the Greek way. Don't get yeah. me wrong. One of my philosophy, one of my degrees is a master's is philosophy. I love Aristotle. I love the Greek way. I'm not saying that that's not needed. What I am saying is that should not be the only. Yeah. Go right. back to the perspectives. Yeah. yeah. Ah, go back to yeah. the perspectives <laughs> because it's the same word. Yeah. But it's different.
uh, the Holy Spirit gives me a headache, which I, I'm sure is loving somehow, but I have like this little headache forming of like, oh, no, I love it. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. I think it's like yeah. trying not to cry. I don't know, but it, there's always, um, uh-huh. anyway, this, this was so beautiful. I know that you and I could talk like forever about a million different things. And I then, want to touch on yeah, one yeah. thing before okay, I ask you what you're hopeful for, because as I become a student, a disciple, uh, of Christ. Um, I, I can't help but notice, and it, it feels really Im- important to ask how the lives of, as he makes a beeline for people who are hurting, um, as he <sighs> serves the poor, um, I am, I would love to hear your take on how our communities should look different, um, mm-hmm. as we are modeling our lives after this man who, um, very much, went out of his way to, to, to serve the poor. So I think that we should, we should start with Christian first before we do anything else Okay. in any other community. What I mean is whenever we're defining each person, we start with Christian brother, sister, all those different things. Um, because the reason, okay, let me back up. It is really hard. And, and if you are honest, and this is why like so many quote unquote programs don't work. Because what happens is what works in one parish uh, down the road, it's not going to work because it's a totally different culture. Um, and what we do unintentionally mm-hmm. is we see that it works over here or in a different mm-hmm. city, but um, and we try to copy it. And copy bro, paste. like that's right. yeah, that's not how Christianity works at yeah. all. The reality is, is like what worked for Rome did not work at all right. for Africa. Right. You know, I think Proximity. we kind of don't, yeah, I think we kind of don't realize that, you know, mm-hmm. and you can even go into that. I mean, even more, I'm sure there are different parts of the Roman Empire where you couldn't do the same exact thing by far. So the reality is, is like, OK, so this is what I mean is starting with a relationship. I want to make sure that I say this one specifically, mm-hmm. a relationship with we're good with Jesus. We're good with God, the father, the all the reverence. Do we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I, I draw that point home. Mm-hmm. Do we? So where do we start? We start in our own relationships with God, more specifically, our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Okay. And be willing and be willing. I love how Plato would say is uh, the, the mark of an educated man is simply saying, I don't know everything. And what he's saying is, bro, if we're really smart, then we should also know that we don't know everything. And I would love for more, not because I know that a lot of parishes are doing amazing. So I don't want to basically throw everybody in the bus by far. Yeah, but for those yeah. who, for those who are continually continue to do the same thing and it's not working, take yeah. a step back, relationship with your Holy Spirit, and be willing to try something totally different. Okay. And what yeah. that might look like for your community may not. You may have to yeah. talk to different people, community leaders, mm-hmm. people from different faiths. What yes. if you make it Catholic? We should all have enough Catholicisms in our essence to know, well, okay, that's that's not Catholic, but how can I take the essence of this, the nature of it, the thing, what they're communicating, mm-hmm. and how can I make this Catholic? Yeah. How can I make this work for my community? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and again, that's going to look different for everybody. So where do we start with our deep relationship with God, more specifically the Holy Spirit, and be willing to change and to grow. But let me let me challenge anybody who's like, ah, well, okay, you know what? What if the apostles, because let me back up. Do you honestly think that Jesus came so that we can li- have a house in the suburbs, um, 2.5 kids and pay our tithes and go to mass? Yep. That is not the gospel message. I'm sorry. That's great. That's comfortable. Yep. But that's, that's a very, very 
Christianity for our land. Yeah. And let's be real with each other. I think that we forget 2016, 2017, the, uh, um, the Vatican came out with America is a uh, missionary territory. I think we forget that. <laughs> I think we forget that. It's a missionary territory for a reason. I wish Paul would write us a letter. I think that would for be real. great. <laughs> well, the truth is, is that he does. And it's funny you say that. I've yeah, been sitting yeah. a lot with Paul and Galatians. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> And this is, yeah, yeah, there's a lot there. Okay, I didn't mean uh, that for every parish. I want to make sure uh, I say that. Uh-huh. But the beauty of sitting with scripture, sitting with your spiritual director, oh, and if you're in ministry, you need a spiritual director who's yeah. different than you that will challenge you mm-hmm. to step outside your zone. But you should be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And yeah. I think that's where it is that we're at because the Holy Spirit bursted. Like it's used fire for a reason. Fire catches on fire and it's uncomfortable and it sucks. But you know what? The honest truth is any growth that's worth growing does suck. Let's just be real with each other. Sucks. If you work out like me, and you, you know, you, you right. do jujitsu, education, go down the list. Anything that's worth having yes. in this life, it's going to be hard. You're we not certain it's not going to finish you off. Absolutely. Like, this is how I die. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And if we, and again, I want to make sure I said that I'm not talking about justification. I'm not talking about your initial relationship with God. I'm not yeah. talking about that because whenever I get into conversations, what we're talking about is, oh, well, you know, we have Catholics who are baptized who come. We're not talking about the initial justification. What we're talking about is what St. Paul would say is working on your salvation in fear and trembling. Yeah. And what that fear, that reverence, the trembling is I, are, the parable of the talents. Are we doing, every person, sit with the Holy Spirit and ask yourself this. Are we doing with the talents that is given to each one of us, are we doing the great commission in that we're sharing the good news? Because it's not an option. If you read, if you read the documents of Vatican II, if you read the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the number one job for lady is to share the good news. Number one, not number two, not three, four, five, number one, number one. And this is what I tell people. I know this may rub you the wrong way. I, you know, I want to say that I'm sorry, but I'm really not because that's what the church teaches. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is like, if you, if this is, and again, again, I'm not telling you to go stand outside on top of a van. I'm not telling you what I am telling you is God has implicitly, I mean, God has strategically made you for a time like this. Yes. He strategically given you gifts. Yes. Are you, are you using those gifts for a kingdom? For some, for some who are watching this, and this what I like if I'm a conference speaking to teens, I'm like, I may be sitting in front of the next person who's gonna have the cure for cancer. You never know. You never know what the, what what God has implanted it, it like put inside of you. But you have to let the Holy Spirit grow with you. And how do you do that? In a relationship, sitting with the Holy Spirit, sitting with the sacraments, sitting with the church and the church, let them infuse in you. And you just operate from wherever it is that you're at, from an engineer mm. to the house mom, to yeah. the truck driver, to my whatever. Let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. He's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so grateful. I adore you. I, I am going to spend the rest of this day with a little pep in my step, looking for people <laughs> to love. I thank you so, so much for all of that beauty. Can you um, close us out with something that you're hopeful for, Alex? And then we want to know all the ways to support you. Hope, hopeful. Hopeful. Yeah. What makes you hopeful, hopeful? for what I'm hopeful for? What I'm yeah. hopeful for is that, um, is that whoever's hearing this, hmm. that there's like a little click from the Holy Spirit that just yeah. says, you know what? Thank you, Lord. Yeah. How is my relationship with God? 
And what is it that I've always like when I'm alone and there's like, or a topic comes up or something like, why do I, why is there's this like fire in me about it? Bring that before the Lord, mm -hmm. let the Lord purify anything that is not of you. I mean, that is not of him inside of you. And the hope is that you set the world on fire for Jesus and his church and what it is that he's given us. Because he's given us something. Oh, my gosh. I love our church. Um, he's, given us, he's given us so much in the church. But I'll leave you with this. What I'm hopeful for that you sit with to whom much is given, much is required. And that's scary. Yeah. And that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Trust me. I know. I know, trust me, we don't have to go to a mission field. Some of us are called for that. I want to make sure I said it. If God is calling you to sleep on the red dirt in Africa, awesome. But for 99% of us, I would say, dare to say, are the majority of us. Um, our mission field is our workplace, our home, the sports that we play, yeah. the conversations that we have Amen. at the store and everything, the drive home. And dare I say, the mission field may be the person looking at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> What does God want to purify? That's my hope is that we have a great awakening almost. I, this might be my Protestant side, but I've been Catholic 13 years. So, so we use this terminology too. I want to make sure I say that. My hope is that there's a revival that they look back at this time in the church in America and just like, man, I don't know what happened, but like, bro, yeah. like it was on fire. 500 yeah. years from now, they look back and they're just like, bro, the church in America, like they did that's what we do. Because the reality is, is think about it. We are the most diverse nation in the world. Hmm. This is why it's so hard yeah. here. Hmm. Because what we do in Africa, in Vietnam, and so forth, and we bring it here. Well, the reality is, is we're diverse. We have all these different things. So what would it look like here? It yeah. starts with our relationship with Jesus and being comfortable with being uncomfortable. So the hope is that we sit with these things and let us challenge these things. And you have a deep love for our Lord and a deep love for what is given to each one of us himself in the sacraments, both of the Holy Spirit, specifically with um, Eucharist also. Tell us where to get more of you. Um, just my website, Alex Gote Jr. Um, at weebly.com or uh, Alex Gote Jr. At, um, on Instagram. Those are my only two. I'm on Facebook too. Same thing, my name, Alex Gote Jr. You can contact okay. me through there. Gote is G-O-T-A-Y. G-O-T-A-Y. Yes. Hire For those who don't know. Alex, if you are planning something, uh, give him a call to come light your event on fire with the Holy Spirit. Um, you're going to have to plan far in advance because you've been very busy, sir. Very busy. <laughs> like, ve like, very busy. The Holy yeah. Spirit is doing something crazy and I'm humble. Good. I'm so humble. The Holy yeah. Spirit knows what it's doing. You deserve to be ra raised up, and I'm going to pray for you while you are being raised up. You are a, a mighty, mighty force uh, for the Lord, and this was all my pleasure. I'm so grateful to know you better after this. I'm so grateful to share more of myself than just my my frantic, grasping um, <laughs> person who is like scrambling for your gifts, um, but I, I am so excited to keep up with you you have to come back on because i really wanted to talk about unity and, and revival we touched let's on it there it. at the end but yeah we we yeah. have a lot more to do here alex let's do it all right awesome it. thank you thank you god bless good morning beefinator hi beefy beef beef how you doing so good so was dr alex gote a whirlwind or what 
He was an absolute whirlwind. He was so passionate about <laughs> really, uh-huh. ministry and life. Um, and I, People... gosh, he, his wife, he talked yeah. about, he gave yes. like multiple shout outs to his wife and how much he loves her. Oh, and, um, so precious. He's just adorable. Yes, yes, yes. I loved him so much. It was like the, um, sometimes I feel like this with Blaze. It's like he has so many good ideas at the same time uh-huh. that like listening to him is kind of like a bouncy ball. It's uh-huh. like uh-huh. super, super exciting, but you got to keep up. <laughs> like, yes, yes. You got to stay light on your feet. Um, so I love the ways that he talked about evangelization because mm-hmm. I feel like we can make this really simple thing really complicated. It's like, Mm -hmm. we have all this special programming. We have five-step methods. We, you know, and he just kind of brought things back to the brass Mm -hmm. tacks of it all. Yes. And, and, and also I think we get caught up in like that. There's a time and a place where we turn like our evangelism on and off. Right. And he just made it so simple that it's just every day, all day. Right. And like when he was talking about in Jizitsu, right. That he Uh just, um, and that that's, you know, a place where he evangelizes, right. By being kind and loving and teaching people how to, you know, be a awesome competitor and just be good at what you love to do. Um, I just, I think it's so interesting. It made me think about like how there are easy places for me to do that. And Mm. then harder places for me Mm. to do that. Yeah. Places where it's easier for me to be intentional about. Um, I think about like, it's easy for me. I'm, I'm pretty intentional at my office or I try to be about not, not necessarily like talking about Jesus, but hopefully being somebody that people, um, see something different in and that come at problems a different way, right? It's a constant struggle. I'm not nailing it by any means, but it's something that I'm thinking about. Um, There's like certain things I do at the grocery store, very intentionally um, with Mm -hmm. strangers or people at the checkout counter, um, you know, church, whatever it's easy, but then there's definitely places where I don't even want to try, right? Like I don't even, even if it occurred to me to try to love well or be some sort of light, um, I don't want to. And for me, like easy ones are like, social media, uh, watching people on the news that are just indignant about something. It's like, I don't even want to try because of what you're putting out. Totally. It's probably something I should think about. (laughs) You know, I have, there's this, um, I don't nail this at all either, but there is this trick of pretend they're Jesus, like pretend it's Jesus. And that is, I know, right. That is Jesus (laughs) in his least recognizable form. Like, Uh, uh, online, you know, or Mm -hmm. a certain personality type online anyway. So, um, yeah, it's easy for me. One of the, um, places that I, or that I'm super loving right now are my teenagers friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and so having them in my home and the ways that they fill it and meeting their needs, you know, there's, there's usually a need met in some capacity. Um, it's a lot of terms of endearment. It's keeping a really full candy drawer. Um, it's (laughs) offering advice, you know, here and there and just all together being this warm, loving presence. Um, Mm -hmm. something that I've noticed, and this might be like a slide and topic, I don't think so. I think it's on topic, but, um, cause you mentioned that like at your office, you're not necessarily talking about the gospel all the time. Right. Right. You are. And so I think that there's something to that. It's not talking about Jesus. It's trying to be like 
right. Jesus. Exactly. And so I have certainly been in secular spaces where people are constantly talking about their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and professing the gospel. And I think that it is possible to be, to live in such churched or insular spaces or such um, homogeneous circles mm-hmm. where you might not realize or feel how off-putting that can be when right. people um, either aren't expecting it or haven't asked or right. whatever. And so, so I... I love hearing him say, this is about warmly loving people, whoever it is that God puts in front of you, um, in a way that is Christ-like because we are, we're talking, we're sitting around and talking about Jesus enough. We're doing that like with our smart friends. What we're not doing is doing what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. Like church, church membership is not declining because we're not sitting around and talking about Jesus enough. We're not doing what Jesus did. We're not being Mm -hmm like he was. Right. And so what I also think I hear you saying, and and Alex was saying is that it's, it's about relationship, right? Yeah. So the easy places to love the easy places to share the gospel without speaking the text of the gospel is where there's connection and relationship, right? So that's why it's easier with people that I work with or all these awesome kids in your house or even the grocery store, right? Because those people become familiar. Um, but when it's social media, when it's the news, there's like that that layer, um, that separation um, that makes me not even want to try. And then on the other hand, it's it's harder to connect with people that don't you don't have a relationship, right? You, you can't... Um, if someone's not in a relationship to receive it, then yeah. it's not good for you to necessarily be pushing it out. Right. Cause then it just becomes awkward um, and can be misinterpreted. And so I think on both sides, it's easier to give and it's easier to receive um, when there's relationship. Okay. What about this? So in the early church, by the way, I don't think we need to like over idealize the early church. I mean, they're people, there were a, a great <laughs> outpouring of the Holy spirit. Like, let's not right. deny that lots of miracles are happening, but like, I don't think that we need to, you know, like look back and, and copy everything. We don't need to, we don't need to like calcify anything. We don't need to say right. nothing important happened there, you sure. know, but, sure. so, but here we go. But I know that like you have Paul approaching people in the marketplace without relationship. You know, you have, um, you know, Peter going up to people in the public spare, square. So, so people definitely, I mean, John the Baptist was yelling in the streets, right? So like mm. you definitely have people evangelizing without relationship. I mean, I, I think that that happens. So I just wonder if maybe there was something about them that met people better like mm-hmm. where they actually were. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we might hear about Paul, you know, quoting their philosophers that they loved and trusted and believed in, you know, and so Paul would mm-hmm. quote them, you know, it's kind of being all things to all men, right? So I wonder, right. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I, to me, I think it's like the difference between being like bold and obnoxious, right? Like those oh. can be pretty similar. So Paul huh. was being bold in the marketplace, but he knew his audience um, and wow. was coming at it from a pace of kindness. So bold is courageous, but then obnoxious is just, you know, unpleasant and annoying and, and probably not much so that good. embodies the Holy spirit at all. Nice. Oh my gosh. That's so good. <laughs> Yay. Gosh. Thanks beefy. That's why love we you. pay you the big bucks. Okay. <laughs> love you. Have a good day. See you soon. 
I am so, so grateful for you, listener. If you liked this episode, could you please do me a favor and hit subscribe and leave a review? It really helps the show grow and I would be so appreciative. Thank you so much to our guests who share their gifts so generously with us. And a special thank you to Taylor Schroll, who does so much behind the scenes to make the show great. If it weren't for him, I would still be in my closet with my iPhone. You can follow along at Forte Catholic as well. That's Taylor's show where I show up now and again. And to keep up more regularly, please follow along on Instagram at Allison M. Sully or TikTok at Sullivan Family TikTok. See you next week. Today's show was a production of Allison Sullivan in conjunction with the Forte Catholic Podcast Network. For more great Catholic podcasts, head on over to ForteCatholic.com slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.